Welcome to the Jesus People segment of the Antioch Indie Podcast, a place where each week we're going to hear from different people about what it means to walk with God. We hope that you leave encouraged and equipped and that this builds your faith for what God wants to do in your life. Two. We don't all have to start at the same time. There's editing software for this. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Jesus People. This is Karis Freegi, and I have Andrew Zanaka with me again. Pastor Andrew and I are sitting down once more because we're in the middle of a series that I think needs a little extra conversation mm. past Sunday morning. So if you've been listening along the past few weeks, we have gone in depth, I feel like, on several of the topics that we've decided to talk about in this Cultural Architect series, which on purpose is a series that addresses some of the trickier issue, issues, right, in yes. culture. So we've hit on, so far, sin. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yep. Just defining sin, why it's important. I was actually reading something recently that was talking about how spiritually illiterate of a culture we live in mm-hmm. and how we, sometimes when you've grown up in the church, you think everyone knows the terms that you're giving out. But when you walk into the world and you're talking to someone who has no church background and you say something like salvation or sanctification mm-hmm. or sin, they have no context for that. Sometimes I think that because of my church background, I use a word and I'm like, hey, wait a second. What does that what mean? What does that mean again? Yeah. Yeah. And so the sin, which you, I feel like you've given that message several times, not that specific message, but given great for me synopsises. Synopsy. Maybe. On sin. Uh, throughout the time that we've been part of our church, um, uh, specifically about the garden and mm. things like that. Right, yeah. Yeah. So in the archives, people can find those. And then we went into love and how everyone wants to say we love everybody and how that is actually cannot always be true. Mm. And we're not doing it well. And why aren't we doing it well? And it does, it starts in the church too. Yeah. And then we went into sexuality in that one, I thought was a great message. Not that all of them weren't, but I loved that one. <laughs> I thought you did a great job of of one of the things that you said, which I feel like you also echoed this week, was that it wasn't about um, gender, like can we be both genders? It wasn't about preference, sexual preference. It wasn't about homosexuality. It wasn't about can you sleep with your boyfriend? It was literally like this, a human sexuality problem. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and if we can take away... Some of the labels, now labels can be useful, right? but if we can at least put everyone in the same group of like, this is a human sexuality conversation and that God wants to have a conversation about it and that he has been having conversations mm. about it. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of neutralizes. Yeah. I think it's just helpful to realize we're all part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. It's not for yeah. them, those people who are different than me Yeah, type of thing. Definitely. Which makes me think somehow of Daniel when he would pray for Israel, mm-hmm. he would say, like, forgive us. And he would yep. group himself in yeah. for the land. And that that is just a humility posture of yeah. saying, like, I'm part of this human race and we have an issue. <laughs> yes, we do. Which is good. <laughs> so then this week we talked about race mm-hmm. and it was probably the one that I felt the most nervous going into. Just as I, I did too. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I kind of wanted to hear from you. Why did we, why did you decide this needed to be part of this conversation? Um, I think we decided it needed to be part of the conversation because it is a part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really the goal of this whole series is not like, let's find things to talk about. Let's, it's actually, let's be honest about the things we're all already talking about. And Mm -hmm. let's make sure we also talk about it in church Mm -hmm. instead of everywhere else, but church. So that's 
I mean, this is talking about what racial tensions, racial reconciliation, race stuff. I mean, it's part of it's part of our world. It's part of our country. It's part of our culture and society, and it's like hard to navigate. It is for a bazillion different reasons, you know. Mm-hmm. So I figure it's good to at least start talking about it. Yeah. Um, I felt like last week we said it was kind of like a landmine, like we're walking through this yes. minefield, and I feel that way this week as well. Yeah, like a oh, during field. the podcast, oh, yeah, yeah different for sure. field, for lots sure. of mines. Well, like I said, I think I said at the beginning of the message, like more than any <laughs> other ones, I felt like I have a hundred percent chance of offending somebody, if mm-hmm. not a hundred percent chance of offending everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, which was probably good to say to get yeah, people I mean, to just expect. It probably is true. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's good to just hum- admit like our own very limited sight like Mm -hmm. you only have the perspective I mean you can like listen to people's stories but you grew up how you grew up where you grew up and I can't I can't pretend that I lived like anyone else's life Mm -hmm. and so I'm gonna miss things yeah and and I think so I think even in preparing for the message that's hard because really any of these topics and and the race conversation um if it you know I'm thinking if I go stand up to preach some message where I'm giving my opinion, this is going to be really lame Mm -hmm. and really short-sighted and unimpactful and not Mm -hmm. worth much to anybody. So the goal was, what is, what does God say about this? Um, kind of in the big picture, where does this fit into the kingdom culture? How do people who are different than each other relate? Mm -hmm. You know, like God has a lot to say about that and whether in the message we got to address super specific things or not, um, God speaks to the broad things that apply specifically, you know, it's, it's, so I think there's a lot of that, um, you know, did. Yeah. So, no, I thought it was good. I think it's helpful for you to even say that because I know for myself Mm -hmm. sitting in the audience, I, I was like, are we going to get into specifics? And you gave more of a broad view, Mm -hmm. but even in talking to you, you felt like it was less broad maybe than I thought it was, Maybe, (laughs) but, but I think like what you were saying was this principle of having compassion mm-hmm. is going to apply yeah, to all people. Right. Yeah. And we, we talked about this message was a, a, a sort of a, re, a recycle from a mm-hmm. message two years ago. Mm-hmm. And as I was reading through it, I think I saw, like when I was looking at the message, I thought, and I think the guts of this message are good and still really relevant. But there was uh, two years ago, it was, a, it was a much more specific message because it, I gave that message um, the week after everything happened in Charlottesville two years ago. So the message was way more specific and um, direct about relationships between white people and black people because mm-hmm. it was like that was what was the thing right then. And I think in preparing for this message, as I looked at sort of the current cultural climate, that conversation is still so a, a huge conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also gotten more broad than it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking before this. I mean, I think that, you know, the, the tension or whatever, I don't know, you know, we're never going to say any of this perfectly, but the tension yeah. between like white and black is still real as much as it was two years ago. But now there's also other, other things have grown over the last two years. Like the, all of the different immigration conversations are, mm-hmm. I think, seem to be kind of more on the cultural forefront than they were two years ago. So I thought, you know, in doing this message is like, man, this isn't the week after Charlottesville. This is more of a, in principle, on the broad spectrum, how do we not, like, how do we as whatever race you are, wherever you come from, 
how do how do you you know love people and understand people and have relationship and how do you see the kingdom of God impact a person's life who's different than you or who you don't understand or mm-hmm. don't agree with or whatever because that's you know as prevalent as ever yeah. <laughs> you know in our culture of like the disagreement thing changes people when, you know, if somebody disagrees with me on something, it changes their value, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I think it's fascinating. Just the more you're around different people, like the, as you said, like the African-American and white tension in the United States doesn't go away. Mm. Um, It hasn't gone away, but there are other things that I think because of media are now at the forefront um, just as much maybe Mm -hmm. as like the black lives matter, blue lives matter, all that conversation. And Mm -hmm. it comes in, it's almost like an ebb and flow. Mm. And I think being aware of who we're talking to is helpful to, to realize what's on their mind, what's on their heart. Um, when we, we recently went to Hawaii and I was talking to a taxi driver and he was sharing about how Hawaiians, it was, it was just so fascinating. He said they, it takes like 60 to 70 years to get a land grant. Um, if you're a native Hawaiian to live on your land for $1 a year for 99 years, but it takes so long for the government to actually give you that. And he was just sharing and talked to someone else who was a native Hawaiian and just the, the, the perspective there. And, and quite frankly, it seems like the hurt Mm. that has gone on. I was like, I had no idea, you know, and that is a race conversation. It's a conversation where people haven't done things well. Mm. And I want to be aware and to listen, to, to listen to the hurt and, and yeah. not like to listen to the hurt. And then I'm not picking up my, you know, baton to go fight necessarily. I don't feel like that was the next step, but it was just mm-hmm. to give someone the right to speak about their mm-hmm. experience. And I think one of the things we talked about was with this race conversation in the body of Christ, there will be people who are frontline on different issues. There will be churches who are going to the border, um, mm-hmm. I know someone in our church is doing that with a group mm-hmm. to go and give relief and right. that's wonderful, right. but it's not going to be everyone's response. And so I think to like pick up the cultural banner <laughs> of civil rights, yes. it's like I'm going to go be Dr. Martin Luther King and someone should do that. Yes. Like people should do that. Right. It's just, it, it can almost become, um, immobilizing to hear about every single hurt and to think now I have to do something Yeah, and I can, I know for myself, I actually, right. I get immobilized and then I, I don't know what to do. Exactly. And I think that was, that was really my heart and the message. And I think our heart behind this podcast, which is like, okay, there's the huge picture. Then there's all the different micro examples of like this race and that race or Hawaiians. Or, it's like, yeah. there's so much stuff and we have to be able to land on, okay, whoever you are, wherever you are, as somebody who's trying to love Jesus and love people and see the kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven, what can I do today? Yes. And the zoom in, I think, on just on what can I do because I I can't or what I'm not going to go be the next Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to move to Hawaii and fight for local Hawaiians land rights. Like that's Although not someone what, should. Somebody should do that. And that's great. And somebody will. And that's yeah. awesome. But like, what do I do right here, right now? Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, especially thinking about our church, I'm like, I think that's, that's the heart where not even our church, I think most of our country, honestly, like a lot of people have that attitude of like, I want to do something. I just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like TV and what's on the news and all that blows up. If, if you just watch the news, you would think every time two people of a different race get in a room together, they have a fist fight yeah, in this country. And that's definitely. like not true mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Lots of people are getting along very, very well. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, the quiet majority of like normal people who are just trying to figure out like, Hey, how do I just care for somebody? Mm -hmm. But there's so many things that get scary, like not understanding things about 
different people and that feels immobilizing and I don't feel even equipped to love you because I don't know you and but do I know you and we it just all of a sudden everybody's on eggshells and now it's like let's all just leave yeah which is not the solution <laughs> right that we uh, yeah need to exactly have. yeah and I I think you know as you and I were talking beforehand just the the simple conversations that you're able to have with someone wherever you're at if they're a different skin color, if mm-hmm. they are, if they have a different upbringing, it's like mm-hmm. there's, there's a place for me to listen and offer friendship and offer compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you, in the, the message, you reference Luke 10, right? Luke mm-hmm. 10 and the story of the good Samaritan. Yep. And I, I was like, oh, this isn't what he's saying, but my brain wants to think that he's saying the hurting one is anyone that's like not white, but mm-hmm. that's not what you were saying. You were saying in any given situation, let's say there are you know, we talked about in Dallas when yeah. the police were shot, there were yeah. hurting ones on that side right. and they were white women. But yeah. then there are situations where the hurting ones are Mexicans or the mm-hmm. hurting ones are whatever, like yeah. the, the hurting one yeah. is anyone. I think that's what we're called to as Christians is in a world that gets so distracted by, um, things to agree or disagree on, gets so distracted by political conversations and labels and words and all of those sort of things. I think that we have to prioritize seeing a human being for being a human being. Mm-hmm. And we have to, we're called to engage people's pain Yeah. first, mm-hmm. before their politics, before mm-hmm. our politics together, before our race, before the things we agree on or the similarities we have. I think we have to prioritize people's pain first. Mm-hmm. So um, like, you know, we were talking about the Dallas example when it's like, people turn that conversation into who's right and who's wrong, Mm -hmm. black lives matter or blue lives matter. But the point I think that Jesus calls us to first is there's widows on both sides. Mm -hmm. There's people going to funerals of both races. There's kids who lost dads and brothers and like people are hurting. Mm -hmm. So we cannot let a political label or term or race or disagreement or a misunderstanding or lack of understanding separate us from our ability to engage people's pain mm-hmm. so that people can meet Jesus right. and be healed. Cause th- that, that's the whole point of the, of the, the whole story, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that it's a priority thing. Like we have to know what do we do first? First, we engage people's pain. Do different political conversations need to happen? Yes. Mm-hmm. But they can only happen if there's compassion first and then if they continue in the context of compassion where it's like we are seeking to understand each other and mutually work towards a goal mm-hmm. <laughs> of creating a better reality. That works. What doesn't work is you've got one opinion, I've got one, we're going to talk till we both agree on something. Mm-hmm. And it's like not going to happen. You yeah, know? definitely. And I think that brings in the part of the message where you talked about systems Mm. and you talked about the law Mm -hmm. and you kind of represented them in the good Samaritan story with systems was the Pharisee Uh, priest, the priest priest. And then the the Levite Levite was the law, which I thought was interesting. And, and I also think it explains a lot of what we're seeing on social media or in the news is this push for a political party to solve all of our problems Hmm. or for legislation to solve all of our problems Mm. or for like perfect systems put in place. And, and I just liked that. It was like, you just kind of can give people the end, like, Hey, guess what? That's not going to, another issue will come up and we'll have to fight for another thing of legislation. We're going to have to fight for like that. There's, it's almost the never ending human condition of marginalized people. I think that's exactly 
That's a, yeah, exactly. But that there there is a solution in that mm-hmm. God gave us the ability to love people well. Yeah. And it's and, it, and it's just to underscore it's not that these systems and laws don't matter. Mm-hmm. It's just there has to be they have to be in the right place. And you know, like I said, you know, like, like a right law, place a law, in people's heart. Yeah, well, it's like a law can't legislate. You can't legislate healing. Mm-hmm. Only Jesus can bring healing. Mm-hmm. So we have to care about people and have compassion and engage in conversation so that people can be healed. Mm-hmm. And we have to understand people in the context of compassion. We have to seek, we have to be humble in the way we hear about other people's perspectives and all of these sorts of things so that we can build better systems and enact better laws and all those things. But those are only going to come uh, in a helpful way from you know, humility and compassion, mm-hmm. uh, those things by themselves, if, a, if, if the heart of a culture doesn't change, then like you're saying, either, either the first problem is never going to get fixed or it's just going to create a new one because mm-hmm. we still have our kind of more than skin deep sin problem, yeah. which is like all of this comes from like, we don't have problems with each other ultimately because our skin color is different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have problems with each other because we have sin which means we're looking for ways to make ourselves better than somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so we find a scapegoat reason, call it skin color and say, one of us is better. And here we are. Mm -hmm. So that's the heart stuff that's got to change first, which is we have to have a culture of compassion and a lot of these types of things. That's the, that's the first and only real first step towards health and the culture that God wants to create. Mm-hmm. Is when we've repented of those things, slayed those things down, and we're now viewing things the way Jesus does, which is like back to the whole Genesis one thing. You know, like a human has a value, has value because a human is a human. Yeah. And so. Yeah, I you know, I think like a practical, um, and I did this before even the message, but uh, I was sitting talking with someone, and it, I've always felt fear of offending people mm-hmm. or fear of calling out the difference. And I was sitting next to this guy and he and I've had relationship, um, cause like a kid's a sports team and he's just a great guy. And so I was just like, can you just tell me your first experience with racism? Like when, mm. when did you first, he's a black guy, he's a black guy yeah. and he was precious. And he, I was like, I know, I don't know if this is awkward for you. Right. I mean, I shoot from the hip anyway. I so I'm it. like, no, it's it so could good. be bad, but I just, I just want to hear like, you know, what, what is that like? And mm-hmm. And how, how has it affected you? Because I can think so often, oh, it's like, it is a distant thing. But then I begin to hear things. I'm like, this is not a distant thing. And mm-hmm. how do I, how do I admit who I am and say like, but I want to learn and I want to grow and I want to be aware. And yeah. it was just really precious hearing his story about, like, it was like 2005 and yeah. he tried to go to a golf club with one of his friends and they wouldn't let him in. And I was wow. sitting there hearing him and just saying like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And then like, about... Yeah. <clears throat> his little daughter and her coming home and being like, daddy, someone called me this, yeah, but I'm wow. not that like, that's not even the color of my skin. And, wow. and just like hearing that as a parent mm. sitting next to him and being allowed into his world, so to speak, it was like both a yeah. privilege, but then it also caused me to really to walk away and, and, and just be like humbled that, mm. that, that even happens and to be sad and to yeah. feel determined in my own heart. Like, mm. how do I, cultivate in my home with my kids an awareness that that other people don't mm. have our experience all the time and mm. 
anyway. No, that's so good. I, I think that you're, what you're modeling, I think that's that's compassion lived out. Like the word compassion used means to like have your guts move, yeah. you know, and that's like what you experience. Like my or something Yeah, like it's that like when you, when you, it, we were talking in life group last night with some of the guys after life group and we were talking about how do we live this thing out? And I just shared that something I've learned over the years, over the last, especially the last like three years, it's been really helpful in learning a lot of things is asking better questions mm-hmm. than, than coming up with better opinions. Oh my gosh, yes. And the question that I found to be so powerful is what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. And been in so many different charged environments where there's signs being held up with the quote unquote, the political words mm-hmm. and the movements and all these sort of things and everything's tense and all that kind of stuff. And there can be a person holding up a sign that I'm like, um, you know, according to what those words mean to me, when I read them, I don't agree with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's like, oh, therefore we have a gap. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, compassion builds a bridge. Yeah. So let's go talk about this. So yeah. going up to people and saying, hey, what does that sign mean to you? Because mm-hmm. it means something to me. Chances are it means something different to you. Mm-hmm. And I've just found that um, when I think about how we have better conversations, I think one, one skill or one realization that'll help us have better conversations is realizing that nobody has perfect language to say what they really want to say. Right. And I've found that to be really true. Yeah. Um, in a lot of these conversations when there's a charged label thrown out, you know, or a word or a sign or a thing or a whatever to go into somebody, you know, whatever side of the issue, whatever the issue is saying, what does that mean to you when you say that mm-hmm. you start to hear people rarely talk about politicians and policies, they start mm-hmm. talking about personal experience. Definitely. And I remember one guy in particular, I, you know, I was like, Hey, what does that sign mean to you? And it was a politically charged term. And he said, well, he, and he immediately started talking about how uh, his brother who was shot and killed and his cousin who was shot and killed. Mm-hmm. And I just realized, wow, this is, that's what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. What you're trying to say is like, something's got to change mm-hmm. and I'm sad and I'm hurt and I've had loss. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you use those words on a sign, but what you meant was like, I'm in pain. Right. And it's like, dang. Yeah. And we had this amazing conversation, you know, and it like turns into a friendship. Mm-hmm. And so these things that put up walls really don't have to mm-hmm. between us, you know, like what you did with, with this friend. It's just like, what, what has it been like for you? Yeah. And I think that um, that's really scary. Mm-hmm. Like, I think us humans like have a really big fear of not being able to understand something. Right. And I think that that causes a lot of tension um, or a lot of hesitancy to like ask questions. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, and, and I was sitting around last night and it was a bu- it was all white guys and the white privilege thing came up, you know, and it's like, is that a thing? Cause I don't think, think so. And immediately one of the guys started telling the story of where his mom came from. His mom's white and she came from this like crazy brutal background, you mm-hmm. know? And he's like, she, she's come from nothing. Like, my skin's earned me nothing, you know? And yeah. so, but he's talking about his personal experience, right, you know, exactly. but here's this political phrase, you know? And so it's just another example of like, wow, we need to just have conversations about mm-hmm. this stuff and care about people because these words get used that are so charged, but they're not helpful mm-hmm. for caring for people. And so how do we have these good conversations and realize, like I said, you know, nobody has perfect language for what they're really trying to say. And I think if we can have the compassion and the humility to help people find the words for what they're really trying to say, we're going to, we're going to find, we build a lot more relationships than we do uh, create distance between people mm-hmm. um, and say, wow, 
Um, and I remember having that conversation with some friends a couple years ago around the Charlottesville thing. You know, I was talking with them, some, some of my black friends and they were, and I was like, help me understand this white privilege thing. Like, what does it mean? Mm-hmm. You know, like I know what it means, but like when you say it, what does it mean? And one of them, he just said, he's like, I- I'm not mad about anything and you're not wrong for anything. You don't owe me anything because mm-hmm. you're like you, 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 Andrew are at fault for nothing. Mm-hmm. All I'm trying to say is, can we just recognize that sometimes it's different? Yeah. And I thought that was powerful. Totally. He said, Andrew, sometimes it's just different for you than it is for me. Right. And I was like, hmm. And that could snowball into like, well, in every situation under every circumstance. And it's like, who who cares what he's saying? Like, I want to care about that dude right there mm-hmm. who's saying sometimes things are different. And right. like, that's just is what it is. Can we also say sometimes things are different and like we want them to st- stay different in terms of people Hmm. within their own like like we are different from everyone else right each family each tribal group and there's something in like individual right and there's something in humanity that is drawn towards Mm. towards like a group or Mm. a group nature and i love when i read in revelation and this was something you talked about ahead of time with this message was are we going to go look at revelation and say there's Mm. every tribe every nation every language I, i read this um whether it was by a pastor of a near-death experience book about someone who'd gone to heaven and he said that he saw people in saris and like like mm. in heaven he just said the color mm. of people's clothing and they were wearing like tribal clothes and and it was just this amazing amazing moment of like heaven is not all of us dressing the same mm. talking the same eating the same food maybe <laughs> even you know like the marriage <laughs> yeah. supper of the lamb could be like you're yeah. eating a fish head next to someone who has grape leaves <laughs> and like hello but but and like cheeseburger for sure. Yeah, <laughs> right. And there will be a cheeseburger for Lindsay Frazee. But for all the, the situations in life where like there are differences that let's like honor those differences. Yeah. And let's not say that the point is to get all of us to conform. Right. To look a certain way. Right. And how do we do that in the church even and yeah. create an environment where. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like we can be really intimidated by differences. And I think that there are opportunities to celebrate, you know, there are opportunities to celebrate beauty. Like, mm-hmm. I love that about you. And, and mm-hmm. we've talked about that almost in every message, that that underscore in the culture of the kingdom of God that honors differences instead of gets intimidated by them. And like, man, you're, you're good at that thing that I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. In the culture we live in, it's like, so therefore I need to tell you what I'm good at that you're not good at, or right. I need to get better at that thing, or I, 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 yeah. instead of being like, I love that you're good at that. Mm-hmm. You, and, and that's awesome. Like yeah. there's so much freedom in that, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, yeah, I don't know. What I want no, to it makes me think. So last night at our life group, as we were talking about the message, it moved from this conversation about race into really a conversation about value and worth, which is something that you talked about in, in the message was in the very beginning, you just said, this is a conversation about people having worth because mm. God made them yeah. and he made them with worth. And it, it started for me, this conviction of how I put worth on different people, um, maybe based on how they look, mm. um, based on their intelligence, yeah. based on their like power, whatever it is totally. that I, I, in my like heart of hearts without even meaning to constantly am categorizing people based on wow, what I think yeah. is their importance. And yeah. as I talked about that, like everyone started nodding and I was like, Whew, thank you, yeah. Lord, I'm not alone. But everybody listening to this is <laughs> nodding too right now. But it was a it was a good moment of like repenting and realizing mm. I remember reading a Corey Ten Boom book and she was talking about she did ministry with mentally handicapped people and she was saying how they would grasp the things of God so quickly. Mm. They might not be able to like 
tell you what the constellations were, but they understood who made them. Mm. And and she was just saying wow. that so many of them, it would like wreck her spiritually. She would go home and just weep, mm. just realizing God was so passionate about their hearts in a, wow. a group of people that, you know, in some com- countries that are totally pushed off to the peripheral. Right. And, and just thinking the Lord values the person at the gas station that I don't even see because mm. I'm like, well, they they got themselves in that situation or they, you know, yeah. the the gross thoughts that you don't even think you have. Wow. But when I, when I started to like, I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit or me, we're yeah. like searching my heart and I'm like, oh, this is gross. And <laughs> and this race conversation actually went, went deeper to that, yeah. for me at least, of becoming a human value conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. I think that's... That's why I kind of held on to the more than skin deep phrase because I think that has to get ingrained into each one of us individually that like all of this stuff, even even in the midst of tense racial conversations, the conversation happening is way more than about skin color. Yeah. And that's what I think we're talking about is like people are hurting. People need help. People mm-hmm. need love. People mm-hmm. like we just we need Jesus mm-hmm. so bad. Yeah. And and you know, in the message, I, I use the word like being people of opportunity, you know, and I kind of intentionally use that word instead of privilege to kind of yeah. sort of try, try to t- like a counter word, try to tiptoe the line of, I don't know what it is, but, but I think that ultimately that's the point that I have to prioritize the reality that I am saved mm-hmm. above every other situation. What mm-hmm. I do or don't have in life, what I do or don't look like, you know, what I do or don't fit on different things or conversations the end of the day, like I am the one not on the side of the road right. in every situation. Mm-hmm. Like I used to be like I was messed up and left for dead and had no chance. Mm-hmm. And Jesus chose not to walk past me. He reached out his hand with mercy and grace and he pulled me out of something that I couldn't get out of. Mm-hmm. And he gave me new life. And now I am the Samaritan. I am the one who's I am the someone not because of anything I have or don't have, but because of, because I'm not the one on the side of the road. That's the only reason why I'm not the one on the side of the road is because I'm yeah. not Yeah. like I didn't, it's not because I earned something or like, I'm just not. So that means I have an opportunity in my life in every situation to like, to be the one that is healed mm-hmm. and therefore live out of healing and help bring healing or mm-hmm. whatever it is in any situation. And I think that if we can all do that individually as Jesus followers, prioritize that in our life and say, I want to go into every situation looking to bring healing, not looking for people who do, to agree with me or, or really more probably prominently is I'm not coming to this situation trying to be the, the one that's right mm-hmm. or the one that's proven right or the one that's powerful, or the one that all of those things like I want to help hurting people regardless of why they're hurting regardless of if we agree on, you know, the guy on the road to Jericho, it's like, well, why were you on the road to begin with? Mm-hmm. Who put you there? It's like, we can have, maybe there's a time for that conversation, but not while he's bleeding out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, maybe after we can take care of some things, we can have the conversation of, Hey, let's not go down the Jericho road mm-hmm. again, you know? But like, there's a time and a place for that. And first let's find hurting people and help them because that's what Jesus has done for us. And so we, not because we're white or black or this or that, because we're saved, we are people of privilege in this world. We have the privilege of having the spirit of God inside of us. We have the privilege of having our hearts filled. Mm -hmm. We have the privilege of being born again and given new life. So let's live out of that first and foremost, always. Right. And then 
we can have the other conversations from there. Yeah. And I think there's room in closing with what you said that if people have experienced pain from this issue, Mm. Jesus heals that pain Mm. to equip people to go and be useful in the world as well. Like it's, it's not that you stuff things and just Mm. move on. You know, I think we keep saying that like, Totally. That well, there was the process like, here, let me bind you up, and then we're going to go to the hospital. Right. We're going to get with we somebody who knows healed. what to do. Like, yeah. there's there's a journey here, yeah. but, but like, we'll walk it. We'll walk it together, and we mm-hmm. can all do that. And so I think maybe to, to close, like, I think it would be good to close here, like we did on the message with this, like, Second, Second Chronicles, talking about, like, so what, what is our response to all of these things, this world that we live in? Number one, we have to have a, we have to be people of compassion that, that go there first. But I think the other thing, as the church, as the people of God, we have to repent. Mm-hmm. I think what you just modeled so awesome is like, okay, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit search my heart mm-hmm. and point out the, the labels and the whatever. Yeah. I, I'm going to let God bring that up, and I'm going to turn away from it and repent mm-hmm. and try to take my next step today to, you know, towards that. So. Personally, I think we have to repent. And then I think when we look at a culture that is so broken and is not doing what God calls us to do and all those sort of things, instead of just getting mad, we get to, we are, we have the privilege of going before God on behalf of the world around us and saying, Mm -hmm. God, we repent. We repent personally, but we also like, we repent as a people and as a nation. We need your healing. Like you've got to come. And if you're looking for somebody to be humble enough to say, we need it. I'll be here. Yeah. You know, yeah. whether or not I'm quote unquote the one who said the thing or has the perspective, like if it's for the sake of everybody else, let's get on our knees. Let's get humble before God and say, Lord, like we need you. And so we will humble ourselves. We will pray and seek your face. We will turn from our wicked ways and you will respond to that and heal our land. Yeah. That's good. Why don't you pray that and then okay. we'll finish for this week. All right. Uh, Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for your kingdom. And, um, Thank you for leading us. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for saving us. And uh, thank you for a, a kingdom that's so beautiful. And I pray that you'd help us as your followers to have kingdom eyes. Teach us how to see the people around us. Um, yeah, lead us to repentance. Holy Spirit, I pray that everybody listening, that we would be a humble people, that we would quickly repent yeah. of our personal stuff. And uh, we just get away from it quickly. And you'd teach us how to how to live righteously. And I pray that you would make us a people of prayer and intercession and yeah. faith, that we would go to you for the sake of the people around us, for um, people who are hurting and broken, people who are stuck in racism and all these kinds of things or whatever. I pray that you'd help us to be people who ask really good questions, who have really good conversations. And we just, we need help, Lord. We need help. We need healing in our land. And, um, we just believe that you are ready to use us. So whatever that looks like, however you, you can use little old me and and us and and, in the midst of all the things that we have to work on, if you can use us, Lord, then we're here. Would you teach us to continually just bring ourselves before you in your presence and believe again that you're ready to use us, uh, not, and not only have us experience life, but the world around us experience life. So we thank you for our lives and our, our circles, our friends, our relationships. We thank you for our nation and for the nations of the earth. We thank you, Lord, that today you're drawing people from every tribe, nation, and tongue. We thank you, Lord, that you love all people. And would you put that into our hearts so that we would love you and we would love people in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. Come back next week. We'll have another great podcast.